Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello, welcome to the Daily Home Edit, the daily podcast from the team at Home Beautiful magazine. I'm Features Editor Holly Byrne, and today I'm joined in the studio by Sydney-based, Swedish-born interior designer, Anna Karin McNamara. Welcome to the studio today, Anna Karin. Thank you, Holly. You are an incredibly accomplished designer with some stunning projects under your belt and collaborations and now a book, but we'll get to that later because what I really want to know is where did your career in design begin? Where did it all start for you? Uh, I think it began in my home. I grew up in the forest in the south of Sweden, not surrounded by anything significantly designed, but I grew up in beautiful nature. And I think my interest in design came from two things. One was my dad's absolute obsession with the forest and nature. And uh, he was a forester. He still is. He's still alive. He's 88. They're both 88. Wow. And then my mother's love of reading. So there was books in my home and there was a really strong connection to nature. And to me, that's also very much how I design and how I see design is how can we utilize what nature brings us as in forest and timber? And then what sort of intellectual stimulant is that to the brain when you walk into a space? Wow. I love that. And how, when did you know that you wanted to make a career of it? So you obviously grew up surrounded by it. Yeah, I knew, I thought I was going to do engineering. My brother did engineering and he was a year older than me. And I sort of met a lot of his friends and I thought that's really cool to go and study engineering because there's not that many girls and there's a lot of guys. So that was a very superficial reason to start to study engineering. But I realized pretty quickly that the scale that I was intrigued by more was a smaller scale and how people interact with things on a more on a more personal level than on a grander scale. So I left engineering and I started to work for an architect. And when I sat and had to annotate toilet blocks in a hospital, I realized that I really liked to sit and look at how these small spaces and what people do in these small spaces, how you feel. And the girl that I worked for who was my supervisor and said, gosh, you seem to really understand toilets. What is that? And that sort of also sparked in me an interest in exploring further. And then I went and worked with an interior designer and then I ended up studying interior design as well. Incredible. Were you still in Sweden at this point? Yes, I was in Sweden. I had moved to Stockholm by then. From I've left the forest and I'd moved to Stockholm and then I started working for a um, an English architect. And the reason, how I came to work with him was kind of quite a long story, which we might not have time for, but he introduced me to this kind of slightly un-Scandinavian looking at things as well and he inspired me to go and study in London where he had studied. 
And how long did you study for there? So I did a master's in interior design at the Royal College of Art. So backed on the fact that I had done a few years of engineering and high school and and worked for a long time, I then did a master's. So you were born in Sweden, educated in London. Yes. How did you end up in Sydney? Kind of similar to the engineering school. So I met (laughs) while in London, I met uh, my Australian husband in London and came here. How romantic. Yes. And when you first landed in Sydney, Mm -hmm. you started a retail store, is that correct? Yes. I realised that, so this is in 95, 96, there was no such thing as the internet. Maybe there was, but it wasn't, you know, significant in that same sense. So the only way to make some kind of connections with people with a a similar interest to what I had was to open a store, which is the same as having a website now maybe, a little bit more expensive, but similar thing. So by opening a store, people would acknowledge what I was about and I did it with another Swedish girl. And having that store uh, connected me with my first clients, some of them which I still have today. That's a great history to have with those clients. How long did it take of running that store before it evolved into a fully-fledged interior design business? So we had the store. I realised pretty quickly that um, retail was probably not my calling. It was five or six years into it when I thought, "Mm, I think we started then to get in contact with people who also were passionate about Scandinavian design and started to work with them and doing homes and uh, other spaces. So we closed the store and changed it into a design practice. But one of my very first customers in the store was Christina Carlson, who's the founder of Kiki K. Before she started Kiki K, she walked into the store and just said, oh, this is so great. Can I come and work with you? I'm really, really wanted to work with Scandinavian design. How can I, how can I come and work with you? And I'm like, mm. I'm thinking to myself, I don't even pay myself. How can I pay her? But it sparked a friendship, which is still very – she's one of my very best friends. And we've worked with them with their stores. We've done their homes, their her home in Melbourne and in Sweden. And without the store, I might not have met her. How beautiful. Yeah. Now, since then, you've done a few really cool collaborations with yes. Designer Rugs. You've yes. just released your second collection with them. Is that right? That's correct. The Norse collection. Yes. And what is the difference between the process between designing a rug and designing a home? Does it change much, the process for you? I think the initial inspiration is very similar. The execution is vastly different. A rug is, when you design it, two-dimensional with textures, but it's one manufacturer. And I think the main difference between a rug and a home is that a home might require several, not hundreds, but almost different people that are involved in actually realising it. And all those different layers on top. Yes. Yeah. Tell me about the Norse collection. So the Norse collection is different. So the first one was called the Forsa collection. So Forsa is actually the village where I grew up. So it was inspired by all the patterns and colors and textures that I grew up with in the village. And then Norse collection, I go further back into my ancestry to the Vikings and the Norse people. And it's the basin runes, which was the, um, the alphabet, but it was more than an alphabet. It was actually a pictographic representation of 
um, forces as well as just words. So there's in the collection, there's four rugs and they all are inspired by a rune that stands for something. So for example, there's the rune of ancestral home. So if you feel slightly disconnected from your home, you get that rug and put it in your home and all of a sudden you feel grounded and you feel, oh, I'm coming home. There's also the Isa, which is the rune of respite and ice actually, but it's also calmness. So you feel a bit scattered and um, stressed, that rug will bring calmness into the home. And they all have a little bit more than just the pattern. So there's an actual meaning to it. So it's like magic carpets really. Oh, magic carpet. I love that. Good time. Ma- magic rugs, maybe we should call it. Yeah. You've also released this book that I'm holding in my hands, Make a Home to Love. It's how to bring joy, order and beauty into your home the Scandinavian way, of course. Can you tell me about that and what inspired you to write the book? Yes. So there's a few things that I have noticed during the almost 30 years that I work as a designer. And it is that many people are very hesitant to doing something in their homes because they're waiting for that big change that will spark them to start renovating, whether it's the big inheritance that might come or the big lump of money will end up in their bank account and then all of a sudden you can renovate or they're waiting to buy or they're waiting for the kids to grow up or they're waiting for the crypts to be born or they're waiting and there's a big holding pattern. So what I want to offer with this book is there's a lot of things you can do without that. So it's 10 chapters and it's not really until chapter seven that I talk about redesigning. So before then, there's a lot of things that will make your home a place you come to that you feel good immediately being in without having to knock it down and rebuilding it. What are the first few steps for that process? So the first step is to review. So to kind of look at your space and what it is that you have surrounded yourself with. What did the what were your thought processes in buying it or putting it there? Was it a conscious thing? Was it an unconscious thing? So it's really a, a self-analysis or a home analysis of yourself. But it's in our homes is where identity is kind of solidified to some degree. It's ident- identity in matter is our home. And have you had much feedback from people? Yes, yes, a lot of feedback. A lot of people have said, oh, I'm now done this and I get sort of emails and saying, I have just reviewed my home or I've just started and I walk through each room and what it is that you should look out for in each room to consider then when you start to actually apply the changes to it. And is it something you put into practice as well with projects when you go into a new space that you're going to be working on or designing? Yes, always. Yeah, it's about finding that sort of the identity of the home. So, I mean, there's three things you can uh, consider walking into a home and it's the it's the identity of the, the client who's going to live there, which is obvious, but it's also the identity of the architecture of the existing place and also the identity of the surroundings of the nature. And, and the, all those three needs to kind of work in, in uh, harmony. Amazing. Now, you said you've been in design for about 30 years now. Apart from those incredible collaborations and, of course, the book, what have been your biggest career highlights so far? That's a good question. I actually think when we launched the book and we had a little celebration and I gave a, a, a little speech and I stood out and looked over and there was almost like 200 people there and I had the opportunity to kind of talk from my heart about 
what it means to me to be to to work with people's homes and the importance of our homes for our mental well-being as well and just standing there and realizing that I have been so blessed that I can do what I love and then there are people who actually come to listen and who wants to pay for our services and who wants to buy the book because our, my ultimate purpose is to bring joy, order and beauty, which is the tagline of the book. And, you know, the business and the book is just vehicles to be able to do that. But ultimately, joy, order and beauty, I think we all need more of. I totally agree with that. In those 30 years, do you think your style, your signature style has changed to what it was when you first started out? Has living in Australia influenced it at all? I think there are core elements that have been very uh, steady and they've always been there. I think nature, Australian nature has had an influence on me. The, the, land, the landscape but also the temperature would have changed to some degree. I think my, my core elements are probably still the same though, I think. And finally, what is next for you? I'd like to write another book. Yeah? Yeah. What would you be looking at this time? Yeah, I think just explore even further into uh, Scandinavian design. It's it's interesting. You think that you limit yourself by narrowing your focus. So by focusing on Scandinavian design has opened up so many more doors. And I think there is a big interest for the heritage of Scandinavian design all over the world. And once you start to drill down more into the detail and finding out more, there are so many hidden gems that the world might not know of. And I'd love to explore more of that. Well, I look forward to seeing the next book. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you, Holly. That's a wrap for the Daily Home Edit today. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello HelloFresh. 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.